Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello, hello, hello. How the devil are you? Oh my goodness me. Do you know what? I I am very, very, very tired. Oh my goodness me. Um I woke up at two o'clock this morning, well, ten past two this morning with a nightmare and actually woke myself up screaming. <laughs> Must have frightened everybody else, but um, I frightened myself screaming. But uh, yeah, so I've been awake since then and oh boy, it's going to be a long, long day at work. Really long day. So... Um, I pity me. I'm full of self-pity today, I'm afraid, because I'm so tired. But never mind. Let's forget that and see how everybody else is. Um, so, how are you? I can't remember whether I said yesterday, when I gave the riddle answer, um, I can't remember whether I said who it was that had got it right. Um, anyway, uh, Edie and Art got the answer right because it was, um, honeycombs, uh, they use honeycombs, so there you go, that's why. Now, yesterday's riddle, what was yesterday's riddle? Oh, yesterday's riddle was the one that I didn't really understand even when I was told the answer. Right, <laughs> so, did anybody get it? What's the most stupid animal in the jungle? The polar bear. And if you're like me and you need to have it explained to you why it's the polar bear, it's because it's a polar bear and it shouldn't be in the jungle. So it's stupid. Oh my goodness me. That took me a little while, believe me. <laughs> I told you I'm not very good at jokes and um, riddles. So, today's is another joke. Um, and we'll see tomorrow whether we're going to have a joke or a riddle. But today's joke is, and I love this one. This one made me laugh. I actually got it <laughs> for once. Well, I didn't get it. I had to have it, um, the answer given to me. But... Once the answer was given to me, I found it very funny. So, what's blue and not very heavy? Absolutely hysterical, I thought this one was, but we'll see whether you do. <laughs> and today's fun fact is a good, good, good one. Not sure, though, how they actually tested this. Apparently, the sun weighs 2,000 million, 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 million tonnes. What? Oh, my goodness. How did they measure it? How did they weigh it? Well, I don't know, but they did. And apparently that's how much it weighs. That is awesome. They would have needed a big...
bigger set of scales than my bathroom scales because that wouldn't go up to that weight. Believe me. <laughs> so all my kitchen scales, kitchen or bathroom, nope, wouldn't measure the sun or wouldn't weigh the sun. And apparently I read yesterday that scientists have um, found some kind of uh, like a um, like a beat, like a heartbeat, similar to a heartbeat, actually coming from the sun. I don't know whether that's scary or not. Is there somebody up there living? How can there be someone living on the sun? It's a ball of fire. Wow. We'll have to follow that and see whether it, uh, you know, pans out. So, what other um, day is it today? Apart from being Thursday, apart from being the 2nd of March, and apart from being a very long, tiring day for me. Well, it's International Rescue Cat Day. So, um, all those lovely, cuddly rescue cats, um, that is what you're supposed to be looking after today. They are gorgeous, though, aren't they? Um, I always think if you're going to have a cat or a dog, get one from a rescue shelter because they're the ones that need them need rescuing and need a, a loving forever home. It's also National Egg McMuffin Day. Not a big fan of McDonald's, I have to say, but uh, and why they need an Egg McMuffin Day, I really don't know, but they have got one. World Book Day. So, okay. So your is your school dressing up for book day? Um, if so, what are you going as? What are you dressing up as on World Book Day? Let's have a look what else. Oh, National Old Stuff Day. There you go. That's me. I'm an old stuff. It's my day today. <laughs> um, have you got any old stuff there? It is Dr. Seuss Day. Oh, the cat in the hat and green green eggs and ham is that is that the one the other one most famous too um but those aren't his only two books definitely not uh so it's his day today and it is national banana cream pie day hmm. it's one thing i've never tasted i love cream i love pie i love bananas I've never actually put them all together and tried them as a banana cream pie. Must try it. Maybe I should try it today. If I wasn't so tired and <laughs> going to work, then I probably would. Because uh, we have lots of uh, bananas left at the moment. Anyway, so uh, well done to Edie and Art for getting the riddle from um, or not the riddle, the joke, uh, the honey about the bees and the honeycomb. Um, and Zoe and Evie, because um, our fun fact the other day was about New Zealand having the most cats per person in the whole world. 
and Zoe and Evie message to say they haven't got a cat they do have a dog and they sent me a photo of him and he looks so cute um so cuddly but um they don't have a cat but she said they are they they said there are a lot of cats on their street and they've even got a boss cat who sits at the top of the road staring and glaring at everybody so giving them very judgmental looks <laughs> um my cat is not a boss of the street during the day during the night he thinks he is but no definitely not um so oh dear I have got, I've had quite a few messages uh, regarding um, the new book that we're going to be starting tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to say what it is um, because I'm not 100% sure at the moment, but there are a lot um, asking for one particular book. Um, so it's probably going to be that one, but I'm not going to tell you which one. Um, there ha have been other suggestions, um, a couple I don't have. Um, and uh, there was one I do have, but I may have to leave that for another time because uh, if if I'm going to choose the one that's like the most popular being voted for then um i can't just do if one if you see what i mean i don't know anyway um but we will get round to it uh but that as i say there are a couple that i don't have um so i may and if i've got if i've got to buy one um because even the one that's the most popular one i don't actually have um so i've got to go and buy that one um so if i've got to buy one i can only buy one that i'm actually going to read at the moment so we're going to do another few pages of um the funny life of teachers just to give us a giggle um and we're going to find out about different types of teacher and where to find them so there are many different types of teacher some are very thin and some are very wide some have recently arrived from another planet and want you to take them to your leader then you find out that they are your leader and you have to take them to themselves which can be very confusing especially when you're in the middle of trying to finish a history project so where are we teacher profiles i'm just trying to find the next page because this book is a bit funny it goes um not in order <laughs> so teacher profiles there are lots of different types of teachers just like there are lots of different breeds of dogs and cats here are a few of my favorite lovely everyone wants to get a lovely teacher she usually has a symmetrical face 
wears really soft cardigans and will always have an apple on her desk. They are often called things like Miss Honey, Miss Donaghy, Mr Sausage. This teacher is probably everyone's favourite. Old. There is always one teacher who is so old he gets lost in the wrong corridor and has to be gently guided back to his classroom or to the medical room for a nap. He still talks about measuring things in ounces and inches and can remember buying things in shillings. PE teacher. He usually has an injury of some sort and a support bandage. He can be seen holding a sports drink and often smells of deep heat. He is always asking you if you saw the game last night. You reply, no, I didn't. The game doesn't start until after my bedtime. My PE teacher always wore his sports kit, but I never saw him do any actual sports. Mostly, he just stood around shouting at us to do things. Other teachers might tell you that PE teachers aren't clever enough to be proper teachers But I think that getting yourself a job where all you do is get kids to run around is actually very clever indeed. Smelly. This is the teacher who smells of coffee and stinky perfume. You will notice maybe lots of breath mints in their pocket, but it definitely isn't helping. There is no way to put this nicely. Some teachers just smell really bad. Some of them smell of wet dogs. Some smell of manky flowers. Others smell of goldfish. Supply. Oh, there are many types of supply, teacher. It is important that you recognise which type you've got as quickly as possible so you can adapt your learning behaviour accordingly. Oh, there, the newly qualified supply teacher has sweat patches under his arms and a worried look on his face. He will spook easily. (laughs) Super cool. This guy is some sort of hipster. He wears black, has tattoos and has travelled extensively before becoming a teacher. Huge. This is a semi-giant teacher who booms down at you from a great height. He has clouds floating round his head and a fiercely large bottom that entirely engulfs a piano stool.
Well, that's the different types of teacher. So tomorrow we will, um, hang on, here we go. Yes, tomorrow we will find out another part of the book. Okay, now today we are going to read... Da, 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 da. Where are we? I'm going to read when my book opens. <laughs> no, we've done Rumpelstiltskin, haven't we? Uh, let's have a look. The Land of Golden Things. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a king who was very poor. He hadn't even a palace to live in, and that made him very sad. He had a crown to wear, it is true. But it wasn't made of real gold, and it only had eight precious stones in it. <clears throat> Excuse me. He lived alone in a cottage with his little daughter, Rosam Rosamunda. He had spent all his money in going to war with another country and had lost the battle. His people were too poor to help him, so there he was. A king no better than a pauper. His cottage was built in a lovely place, looking out over the blue sea. He had one cow that gave him all lovely creamy white milk, four hens that laid him eggs every day, and an old servant woman who cooked nice simple meals for him, grew fine vegetables in the little garden, and looked after Rosamunda. The king was very unhappy. He longed for a palace. He longed for a treasure chest filled with gold. He longed for hundreds of servants, fine clothes and beautiful furniture. His little daughter grieved to see him so miserable and tried to make him laugh and smile. But it was very difficult. Rosamunda was happy. She knew she was a princess, but she was glad she didn't live in a palace. She liked to feed the four hens and milk the gentle cow. She loved to paddle in the warm pools and walk out on the windy hills. Best of all, she liked to work in the little garden that belonged to the cottage. She loved to grow bright flowers and pick them for the jugs and bowls indoors. She used to take big bunches of sweet-smelling roses to her father and make them look, make him look at how lovely they were. Look, Daddy, she would say, smell them. Aren't they beautiful? But the king wouldn't bother about them. If they'd been made of silver or gold, he would have seized at them eagerly. But they weren't. One day in the summertime he had a birthday. Rosamunda planned to give him a lovely present. She had a little rose tree in a pot, one that she had grown all by herself, and she meant to give her father this. She gave him a birthday hug and then suddenly brought out the dear little tree. It was covered with tiny pink buds and blossoms and was just like a fairy tale tree. Rosamunda felt sure her father would love it. But do you know 
he didn't even look at it properly. He just glanced at it and said, thank you, my dear, and nothing else at all. He didn't say, oh, what a lovely little tree. How I shall love to have it and look after it. Rosamunda was dreadfully disappointed. <clears throat> Daddy, darling, you must be sure to water it every single morning before the sun gets hot, she said to him. It is rather a delicate little tree, so please see that it gets enough to drink. Well, the king put it on the windowsill in his tiny bedroom and then forgot all about it. He sat down and thought of the birthday he would have had if he had been a king with lots of money and a rich kingdom. I should have had a hundred guns fired off, he thought. Then people would have come to my throne bringing gorgeous presents. At night I would have given a grand party and had kings and queens, princes and nobles for my guests. Oh, wouldn't it have been fine? He made himself so miserable, grieving over this, that for quite a week he forgot to smile at Rosamunda. She was sad because she loved him, and she felt sure, too, that he had forgotten to water the little tree she had given him. One bright morning, the king went for a walk through the fields that lay behind his cottage. As he went on his way, a stranger approached him. He was a fine-looking youth, tall and strong. Can I help you? asked the king, seeing that the stranger seemed to have lost his way. Oh, that would be kind of you, said the youth. I want to get back to the place where I've left my carriage and cannot find the way. It was by a, a lovely little blue stream that ran through a wood. You have wandered for miles then, said the king. I know the stream. Let me take you back myself. I'm sorry I have no servant to, to guide you, but there is only the old woman in the cottage. I am a king, and but have none of the things a king should have, as you can see, except for my crown. That is very good of you, said the stranger. So he and the king walked over the fields together. After about two hours, came to where the carriage had been left. How the king stared when he saw it. It was made of pure gold and shone in the sun so brightly that the king was dazzled when he looked at it. There was a coachman there clad in a golden livery and eight footmen all in gold breeches and Coats of fine brocade. Oh, how rich you must be, the king said enviously. <clears throat> Let me drive you to my kingdom and you shall see it, said the strange youth. It is supposed to be one of the most wonderful places in the world. The king stepped into the carriage. The coachman flicked his golden whip and the horses started forward. How fast they went. The king knew they must have some sort of magic in their blood, for they went way too fast for him to see anything out of the windows at all. Trees, houses and hedges flashed by in a long line. At last, 
the carriage stopped in front of a vast golden place, palace. The king shut his eyes after giving it one glance, for it was so dazzling. He went up the golden steps, feeling quite dazed. The stranger gave him a wonderful meal, served on golden plates with an edging of diamonds. He drank from a golden goblet studded with red rubies and green emeralds. Servants clad in rich golden draperies stood in dozens around the golden hall. Oh, how the king envied all this richness. If only I had a little of your marvellous store of gold, he said to the stranger. How happy I should be. You shall have as much as my carriage will hold when it takes you home again, said the youth. I have so much that I'm glad to get rid of some of it. After the meal, the king went to see the treasure house. There were not only bags of gold there and chests filled to the brim with golden bars but also rare treasures. There was a golden apple that could make anyone who was ill feel better at once, merely by holding it in their hands. There was a goblet set with sapphires that was always full of the rarest wine in the world, no matter how much was drunk from it. Oh, the king looked at these things longingly. Then he saw a beautiful mirror, and he picked it up to look at it. That mirror will show you the picture of anyone you think of, said the stranger. Think of someone now, and take a look in the mirror. The king at once thought of one of his generals and looked into the mirror. A picture came, and he saw an old bent man working in a potato field. When the man stood up, the king saw that it was his old general. Oh dear, dear, he said sadly, to think that my famous old general should be working in a potato field. Then he thought of the king who had defeated him. (coughs) Excuse me. And immediately a new picture came into the mirror. It showed a fat, ugly man sitting at a well-laden table. He wore a heavy crown and he frowned at his queen, who was sitting beside him. She was speaking sharply to him, and although the king could not hear what was being said, he knew that she was cross with his old enemy and was scolding him. Aha, he said, so my foe has grown fat and his queen leads a miserable life. Then he turned to the youth. This is a marvellous mirror, he said. May I have it? for it would pass away many a weary hour for me. Mm, What will you give me for it? asked the youth. It is a very valuable thing. I have so little that I can give, said the king. Would you like a cow or a hen, perhaps? (laughs) The youth laughed. No, he said. You shall give me whatever you see first thing tomorrow morning. As soon as you set eyes on it, It will vanish away to my kingdom. It will be amusing to see what comes. The king took away the mirror happily. He saw many bags of gold stowed away in the carriage that was to take him back to his cottage 
and on the way home he made all sorts of plans. I shall build myself a fine house, he decided, and get a new crown. Rosamunda shall have her first silken dress and a golden necklace. <clears throat> it was late when he arrived back at the cottage. The footman helped to dump all the bags of gold under the tree in the little garden, and then off went the golden carriage into the night. The king was tired. He undressed and got into bed, thinking of the wonderful mirror. I shall look at the little rose tree that Rosamunda gave me for my birthday, he said. That will be the very first thing I set eyes on. It's about the only nice thing in this bedroom. I'm sure the stranger will be pleased to see it arriving in his kingdom. He fell asleep. When the early morning sun streamed into his room, he still slept. But Rosamunda was awake. She went out. She was out in the garden singing merrily. <clears throat> she looked up at her father's bedroom and wondered if he was awake. She caught sight of the little rose tree on his windowsill and she saw that it was drooping. Oh, poor little tree, it wants water, she said. I will creep into daddy's room and water it before the sun gets too hot. She took a jug filled it with water and went up to her father's room. She knocked and then knocked again. When she got no answer, she opened the door and peeped in. She saw the king lying fast asleep in bed, so she ran lightly across the floor to the window and began to water the rose tree. At that moment, the king awoke. He remembered that he meant to look at the tree first of all, so he opened his eyes and glanced across at the room at the window where the tree stood. But Rosamunda stood in front of it, watering it. The king saw her immediately and then she vanished before his eyes. Oh, said the king in horror. He sat up and rubbed his eyes. Then he looked again. There stood the little tree. And there on the floor lay the jug that his little daughter had been using. But Rosamunda was quite gone. She's vanished to the land of golden things, groaned the king. Oh, what shall I do? He got up and went to the window. Then he saw all the bags of gold lying under the tree in the garden and in delight he rubbed his hands and laughed. He forgot all about Rosamunda and dressed quickly in order to go and run his hands through the golden coins. He thought no more of his little girl all that day <gasps> till the old servant came to him in distress and said that she could not find Rosamunda anywhere. Then the king remembered what had happened and told the servant about it. <clears throat> oh, oh, she sobbed, wringing her hands, to think of my little pet all alone in a strange land. Oh, you wicked man to forget all about your little lamb like this. What is gold compared with Rosamunda's silken hair, merry eyes and loving smile? Well, the king felt quite miserable suddenly. How could he have forgotten his happy little daughter? 
He went red with shame and turned away his head. But how could they get how could he get Rosamunda back? He did not know the way to the land of golden things. All that week the king missed his little daughter badly. He could remember Rosamunda's sweet smile and her loving voice. He could remember the feel of her warm hugs and kisses. He longed to hear the patter of her little feet. But instead of Rosamunda in the garden, he had bags and bags of gold. Then he remembered the wonderful mirror he had brought back with him and looked into it. He thought of Rosamunda and immediately the mirror showed him a picture of her. She was standing in a garden picking roses from a glittering bush. But alas for Rosamunda, the roses were golden and had no smell, no softness, no beauty. The king watched his little daughter in the mirror. He saw big tears streaming down her cheeks as she held the hard rose in her hand. He knew how much she must miss her own little cottage garden with its pretty sweet-smelling flowers growing everywhere from seeds she herself had planted. Oh, if only I could get my little daughter back again, I would be happy here for the rest of my days, he said. I would willingly give back this gold and this marvellous mirror if I could have Rosamunda in their place. I have been a foolish man, always pining for riches, when beside me I had Rosamunda, worth more than a hundred thousand bags of gold. How hard she tried to please me, how sweet she was and how she loved me. The unhappy king walked out into the fields and wept loudly. Suddenly he saw the bright stranger again and he ran up to him eagerly. Tell me about Rosamunda, he cried. Is she wanting me? Is she sad? Very sad, said the stranger gravely. Will you take her back in exchange for the gold and the mirror, O king? Willingly, willingly, cried the king with joy. I am cured of my foolishness. I no longer wish for anything more than my little daughter. If I have her, I am far richer than any king in the whole world. She is in my carriage over there, said the stranger with a smile. The king turned and saw the golden carriage standing in a narrow lane nearby. He scrambled through the hedge, tearing his clothes terribly, but he did not care one bit. There was Rosamunda looking out of the carriage. When she saw her father, she gave a shriek of delight, opened the door and fell into his arms. How they hugged and kissed one another. How they laughed and cried. They quite forgot about the stranger. By the time they remembered, he was gone. Vanished too, with the bags of gold, the mirror and the wonderful golden carriage. But the king laughed to see them gone. He had Rosamunda back and that was all he cared about. Daddy, you seem different, said Rosamunda. I believe you love me after all. We will be happy together now, won't we? Oh, we will, said the king. You and I will work in the garden together, go for walks together and row on the sea together. Won't we be happy, Rosamunda? Throw your crown away, Daddy, cried the little girl. Don't be a silly old king with no money and lots of frowns and sighs. 
Be a nice daddy and smile and laugh every day. She took the crown from the king's head and threw it into a nettle bed. The king looked horrified at first, but soon he laughed and never again did he want to be rich, for he knew that was foolishness. Now he and Rosamunda are as happy as the day is long. As for the little rose tree she gave him for his birthday, they planted it out in the garden. It has climbed all over the cottage now, and if you happen to visit them in the summertime, you will see how lovely it is. Oh, how lovely. Sounds like a happy ending, a happy ever after. <laughs> oh my goodness me. I have to tell you, do you know what? We have, um, oh my goodness, so many um, sunflowers popping their little heads up to say hello. Um, we've got so many different uh, vegetables and things planted. <clears throat> and I decided to fill two big pots, like long trough pots, with um, uh, wildflower seeds. Uh, and I'm going to put them in the front garden, um, in my fairy garden. Uh, and I'm, I've planted them especially for the bees um, and the birds and any insects. They're just going to be like wild. Uh, so for the wildlife. <laughs> so, um, yeah, all the bees can just kind of congregate around them and get all the nectar they need and oh just lovely i'm so looking forward to seeing them all and they'll be it'll be just a lovely splash of color um so when they do grow i will post a picture on facebook for you all to see um but i'm also going to post a picture today of um the sunflowers that have grown because they look awesome, all popping up their little heads. <laughs> so I'm going to post them. Um, so if you're on Facebook, then you can have a quick look. Anyway, um, I will see you all again tomorrow. It's been a very long one, this one, hasn't it? Um, so uh, you may well have already fallen asleep. Who knows? Uh, so don't forget the joke. What's blue and not very heavy? Ooh. And see if you laugh as much as I do when we find out the answer tomorrow. Anyway, you all make sure that you take care and stay safe. And I will see you all again tomorrow. <laughs> Bye for now.